This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to I Don't Need an Acting Class with Milton Justice. Okay, so a comment in life that I just want to make is having watched the finals of the French Open and watching Rafael Nadal play tennis. And my thought about him was that he is a warrior on the tennis court. I mean, really amazing on the tennis court. There are things, I mean, I was a terrible tennis player, but I mean, there are things that you look at and you think to yourself, oh, that must be so, if that, if I were playing and it came over there, I'd have to run way too fast to get over there. I'd let that one go. And he never lets any of them go. I mean, he goes for everything, no matter how difficult it is. There are things that seem impossible. He hits them backwards over his head. It's like he goes for everything. There was a tennis player years ago, Billie Jean King, and she used to do the same thing. I used to sit back in awe watching Billie Jean King play. But I was watching him and I was thinking, you know, that's what we have to be. It's exactly what we have to be. I mean, he is the best in the world at the moment. But he it's like he, he goes for everything, and that's why. N- he won't hold back anything, He it, no matter how difficult it is. And I know you all do that, but I just would say you want to end up being the Rafael Nadal of acting. It's just like, you know, somebody that they say, man, she goes for everything. He goes for everything. I mean, you, you want that. Anyway, so I, this is your little cheerleading thing to say, yes, you know, I mean, do dig, go for everything, and then you'll be the best in the world. Okay. As we were parting company the other day, Walker threw in something that's been torturing me all weekend. And it had to do with substitution and Strasbourg and Udahagen and people who do that. And, and so I sort of said it was different. Strasbourg was a different thing, but, but it was, I, I kind of gave it short shrift. And it, it basically is a very similar area. And I wanted to bring it up because it all revolves around a particular thing that is really important in terms of all of our acting. And it is the idea that there are given circumstances in a play. And and, and I keep coming back to this, and it was a really important concept. And I've mentioned this before, that Kazan said that when Stella came back from her work with Stanislavski with the concept of, of given circumstances, it absolutely changed his, 
his whole relationship to work. Because what it meant at the end of the day is the conflicts of the play, the conflicts of the character, the problems that exist all come out of the circumstance of the play. Not some emotional relationship, but it comes out of what is there. We might think of the given circumstances of the play as the experience of the facts of the play. Not just the facts of the facts of the play, but the experience of the facts of the play. So this play exists. And in the midst of this play, out of the midst of this play, comes all the drama, comes all the problem, comes all the conflict. And so our relationship to this given circumstance of the play is is monumentally important. It's helpful, I think, because it tells you that one of the things to look for is what is this fight with the given circumstance. Uh, I mean, if you if you look at it in terms of a struggle, a fight, a problem. I was just on the phone with Chris Petrovsky, and I said, do you realize how lucky we are? I said, here we keep discovering things our whole lives about acting. And I said, I've been, I've been struggling for like three days about this concept. And I said, how amazing is it that, that we're still looking for this? But, okay, everything that, that we're building everything that we're building in the past, all the etudes that we're building from the past, the events that we're building from the past are there to feed into the given circumstances of the play. Why I object to substitution is as follows. Most importantly, I object to it because it does not come out of the given circumstances of the play, it comes out of your circumstances. And that, to me, is really dangerous. It's forcing a play to be about you, your life, and your relationships. And that's why it's a problem. And why Are we doing it? We're doing it for an effect. And doing things for an effect, I find to be very, very dangerous. And man, it happens all the time. All the time. Uh, My friend Christina Loge's son, Noah, was on a film and they wanted him to cry. And Christina was laughing and she said, oh, that poor dog of ours in Jackson Hole. I, he, he, she said, poor Noah has killed that dog so many times. That dog has died so many times so that he could cry in a movie. <laughs> and so that's, it's like, it's an effect. It's playing an effect. Um, Greg knows, nobody else. Oh, Giancarlo, you know. Uh, Marie Danvers, who was the musical theater duena. Uh, five towns and Marie was on one of the first world tours playing Maria and West Side Story and she did the European tour and the director said to her 
when Anita comes in and tells you that your lover, Tony, has killed your brother or whatever happens in the thing, I want you to cry. And, and Marie said to me, so every night I would imagine my father dying and then I could cry. And so she said, and of course it took me out of the play every night. We're talking about West Side Story. She said, it took me out every night. I'd come to the thing and they'd say, Maria, Maria, Tony is killed Nardo. And she said, and I'd have to think about my father, who wasn't dead, think about my father dying. And I'd get all upset about my father dying. And of course I'd leave the play. You know, so that's one of the issues. And basically, that was really the thing that Strasberg did. What he did was to have you go to a personal emotion in order to get an effect. Now, look, here's the thing. It is difficult. But my God, if you can, as an actor, live off of the play that you're in and respond off the play that you're in, then it will give it to you. And I mean, that's just, I mean, that's phenomenal. Um, how much fun this is to play. I mean, and that, that's what people are looking at. They're playing, looking at a character that's irascible and said, oh, it's so much fun to play him. They're looking at another character and saying, God, it was just so much fun to just sit in his world and go through what he was going through. So I, the thing about it is this to me is the joy of acting. Otherwise, you're trying to get an effect. And if you're trying to get an effect, you're, you're missing half the battle. It's almost like you're trying to win and cheat. And, and what I objected to what Uda did was to do exactly the same thing, is for you to substitute your partner for someone you knew or someone you had an attitude about. And to, it, you know, to me, I don't understand it. It is losing the joy. Uh, I object to it because I think it cheapens plays. But I also object to it because I think it loses the fun for you. Why on earth would you want to go to your life and your pain and your struggles when you're in a play that's got nothing to do with you? I mean, why put yourself through that? Why on earth would dear, dear Marie imagine her father dying so she could cry in West Side Story? I mean, why would you put yourself through that? And it, it makes no sense to me. Years ago, JP, Michelle's friend, was working on a scene from class once, and it said, uh, and it was a really cool play, but it was really like white trash. And so they said, you know, that he was in his underwear. And so I said to JP, have you worked on the scene in your underwear? And he said, yes. And I said, so what did that feel like? And so he said, well, it was very intimidating and very, you know, I it just, I felt really weird. And I said, and that's the problem. JP would feel weird walking around the house in his underwear. The character doesn't. The character was somebody who thought nothing about walking around the house in his underwear. 
So you, you see, even, even something like putting on a costume is not enough. Unless when you put on the costume, and yes, I'm, I'm always there saying, always have an element of costume. I think for every audition, you should have an element of costume, and especially if you have an element of costume that's not yours. I mean, I have to say, when we moved to New York, Chris Petrovsky's closet was filled with more things he would never ever wear again because he always had something new for for every audition and it, i mean it was piles of it and he'd just have to go find the right thing even if it was a pair of socks so i mean all of those little things but it's to help you fulfill the character it is to help you find the character because a lot of what the character is is what they wear. I mean, think about it. Men, I know, if you put on a tuxedo, don't you feel different than you do in, like, cutoffs? I mean, it's absolutely amazing. Raphael called me once. He had to go into Stockholm to go with his mother to the hospital. And, of course, because he's a gentleman and well brought up, when he went to the hospital to meet with the doctors, he was in a coat and tie. I couldn't believe that people still existed like that. And he called me from the car. And I kept thinking, I don't, who is that? I mean, it was just because he was all dressed up because he was meeting the doctors at the hospital. So it's, it, you know, it changes you. So that makes sense. Making a costume choice changes you and helps you. Years ago, Lee Grant was wanted to audition for, to play Mrs. Mussolini. And I've told you all this story, but it, I was amazed that she was willing to audition anyway because she was an Academy Award winning actress. And so one would have thought the Academy Award was her audition. <clears throat> but she was supposed to have a lunch meeting and she was annoyed. She said, I'm just going to tell him it was at a hotel. Let's go upstairs and I'll read for you. And I said, Lee, I thought it was just a meeting. And she said, well, they're going to be looking at me through the salad course and trying to figure out whether or not I can play Mrs. Mussolini. And so she said, I'm just going to say, let's go upstairs. I'll read. And then she put on a crucifix. And I was so impressed. I said, well, that's a lovely thing for a Jewish girl. And she said, well, the Italian state was officially atheist, but I think that secretly Mrs. Mussolini was a devout Catholic. But, I mean, it was, I mean, it was a little crucifix. It wouldn't even show. But it, it, it's just like that attention to detail is important. But you have to do it from the character's point of view. So I think that's really the, the important issue. John Slattery, I think, is his name. Okay, so he's playing the super genius in this TV series. And so the question, somebody was having, a, they were asking him questions. And they said, how did you prepare for the role of a super genius? And he said, and this is, this to me is the sign of an actor. He said, I looked at all the usual suspects, Bill Gates, Elon Musk, and then just kind of filed it all away. 
he said, I don't know that much about the tech side of it. I, it still isn't in my bones as much as I would like. And also playing someone that smart, most of the time, they're not interested in impressing you with how smart they are. They already know they're smart. So I thought that was really interesting. It's like out of his research, that's what he got. That what is part of this character? Part of this character is they're not trying to impress you with how smart they are. Do, do you see that's a really good thing to take away from research about how do you play a genius? Uh, I mean, I mean, this to me is like, these are like parts of an actor. This is what makes acting interesting. Is What makes acting interesting is that you have to really figure stuff out. It is not going to be given to you. And that's kind of the joy. I'll never recover from the actor who said to me, I think we're more the kind of actors that should be in television or film where they just tell you what to do. I thought, who would want to do that? I Don't Need an Acting Class is hosted and created by Milton Justice. Senior producer is me, Walker Vreeland, and director of online media is Evan Sollers. Music by Jeffrey Kieser Trio, May This Be Love, from their album On My Way to You. If you have a moment, please rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find us. And uh, if you would like to send an email, if you have a question for Milton, you can do so at questionsformilton at gmail.com. Another way to get in touch is on Instagram at I don't need an acting class. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you back here next week. 